Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms. We too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce, who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hello, it's Sauce. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I hope your 2024 is off to a great start. We are continuing our series on being coached from afar, which started in episode 124. So if you're just joining us, this series is about setting goals and having the freedom to follow them or express them. So it could be helpful to go back to 124 and take them step by step, while also some of these episodes can also stand on their own. So use your own inner knowing to decide which order to listen to these. But what we're doing this week is we're continuing from last week where we talked about being devoted to your yes and making it a priority. And making it a priority, as we talked about last week, is one act of devotion, both to your goal and to yourself. And I also want to use the word goal in a a broad sense. This could be something that you wanted to do. It could be a dream. It could be a creativity endeavor. It could be a personality or character attribute that you want to develop. It could be showing up in love in a relationship. Whatever it is that you're wanting to say yes to, we want to now bring some devotion to it. So it's not a one and done thing, because oftentimes if we treat it that way, then it could easily fall by the wayside. I know I've had a lot of fallers by the wayside. (laughs) And so this idea of being devoted to your yes is what we're going to continue this week. And I asked Allison Scott, health coach, to come and join me for some of these episodes on devotion. And what we're going to start with here are those voices that we hear the sometimes they might be protests or sometimes they might be fear voices but from our younger selves and maybe they're coming from wound or old story or just the way we saw the world when we were younger and so what we're going to look at today and next week also is some inner child work and i know that can take on a variety of modalities and different perspectives and theories on it but it is a vital part of my work, and I use I would characterize as inner child work under the umbrella of soul work, mostly because I was mentored by Francis Weller, who I quote all the time, and I will put his website in the show notes. But it is a critical, beautiful part of my work with clients, and I am always so touched to see both how the young child can bring an intelligence the young child being our younger selves. Also, it can be a place of of wound, like I mentioned, where we can bring some affection and kindness to that place and let loose of those old stories. And so while that can take on a lot of different forms, depending on who it is that is talking about inner child work, I think there are some samenesses. And today, Ali is going to share about how inner child work has helped her. And next week, I'm going to share some about how inner child work has helped me personally and why I find it so vital for my work with clients. 
This is territory that is very near to my heart and very beautiful. If you're just meeting Allie, she is a health coach. She is beloved. She has been a regular co-host on this podcast, and she brings so much vibrancy and so much truth, and she keeps it real. And together, we support you in your devotion to your goals and your dreams and whatever it is that you said yes to. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Allison Scott. Hey, everyone. So as you know, we've been in a series called Coaching from Afar, and I thought I would pull Allie in to this series because she has so much to offer. And today, what we're going to focus on is how inner work with regards to your inner child might really make a big difference as you are being devoted to whatever it is that you are stepping into right now. Allie's going to be here for a few episodes. And today, what we're going to talk about is her own individual experience with inner child work and how much of an impact it made for her. And it is fundamental for me when I work with clients. And I think we both have some similarities to our experiences and some differences. And so I'm really excited, Ali, to have you and to hear about how you've traveled this path and what this experience has brought for you. So maybe you could start us off by sharing how you were first introduced to this whole area of work when it comes to the inner child. I guess <laughs> there's so many different terms for it, isn't it? People call it the fragmented child or there's so many different different terms. Yeah. Terms. Yeah. But what is your yeah. experience? So I learned about inner child work when I was going through um, getting my health coaching certificate with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And they had many, many different speakers that came in and taught different units in the course to really understand kind of all aspects of, you know, because health coaching isn't just about what you eat and how you exercise. It's it's mind, body, spirit. That's the course that I took was mind, body, spirit, which I think is super important because, yeah, it's it's fundamental. <laughs> you got <laughs> you got to you got to understand all of it in order to be, you know, 100 percent well-rounded, healthy person. So, um, and how it all affects each other, right? How each, each element of it affects the other. So I didn't really know much about it at all. And when I first heard it, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking this is (laughs) kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, I continue the, the person actually who spoke about it is a gal named Christine Hassler and she's in the, the life coaching space. And, I started kind of following her work and listening to her stuff, and she actually taught a class on it. And so I took the class because I was just very interested in it. And I think what I came to learn and why I did it is because I came to learn that many of the things that happen to you as a child, you carry into adulthood and beyond. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh I my mean, gosh, I know. Beyond, beyond, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it pops up sometimes and you're not expecting it. Totally. Oh, you and don't even recognize it. Okay, sorry, no, go on, go on. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's it's so weird that it it's things that people said to you as a child. I think as a child, you're just so impressionable and you're such a sponge and you're so open. And mm. then when uh, when people you value or look up to or, you know, parental figures, teachers, whatever, say things to you as a child, the impact is incredible. So yeah. you have to be so careful I wish I had known that more when my children were little because I'm sure I said things that weren't great. I mean, I tried not to do that, but 
you know, I, I'm sure there were times I need, I wish I had been more aware of that, you know, knowing that so that I, I could have been too. more careful about how I said things. But what I realized when I started kind of delving into it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things in my childhood that I have taken and carried with me into adulthood and beyond yeah. <laughs> that I was still grappling <laughs> with, you know, I in my yeah. 50s. And it was like, whoa, how, how is this possible? And how had I, how did I not know about this? And why didn't I ever do anything about it? So when I took her course, I did, you know, it's just, it very, very limited. I have not done a ton of work in this. I've just done some limited work in this. But the work that I did do was so incredibly healing. Mm. So it was a visualization of, you know, me as a child, like thinking about myself at those ages. I literally looked at pictures of myself at those really impressionable ages so I could visualize myself. And then, yes. and then I had these conversations with that little girl, the conversations that I... I wish I'd had when I was that age or someone had said to me when I was the, that age so that I wouldn't have been so harmed by things that those impressionable adults or parents or whatever said to me that stuck with me. I was able to kind of, in my mind, let it go. It was weird. I, I, I didn't expect it to be so impactful. I really did not expect it to be so impactful. Having that conversation with my my little me, you know, my, my younger me, my inner child, and telling myself, you know, that those things that were said to me were not true. And that they were said out of, you know, anger or ignorance or whatever, you know, stupidity, <laughs> all mm -hmm. of the above. And I just was stunned at, at how, how much that helped me and how much I, um, I was healed by it. It's, yes. it's it's bizarre. I, you just don't expect something. So it's kind of simple and you just don't expect it to have such an impact on you. And maybe it was just where I was in my life at that time. And I was very open to it all. I mean, it might be harder for some people. And it is sometimes weird to think about visualizing yourself as a kid and talking to that child. But I really could do that. I really could visualize it. And I really could have a heart to heart conversation with myself. And it was very healing. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, I was surprised at the impact. No, so. I'm so glad to hear this. And I can really, really relate to what you're saying, both personally and in the work that I do with my clients. It is a profound experience. And I, I agree, like at the very first meeting of the idea, I don't know if it's a meeting, but when you first start thinking about this inner child work, it seems either over overly spoken about or I don't know, it's hard to sort of dial into it. But when you enter into that space in a real sincere way, in an open way, it's back to the Carl Jung quote that I always quote in Francis Weller. That's really me quoting Francis Weller, quoting Carl Jung. And um <laughs> I had a client once say, oh, I'm quoting you, quoting Francis Weller. Quote, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the chain continues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you can't heal that from which you can't separate, is what totally. Carl Jung said. But once you do separate, you can begin to heal. So it's interesting that healing was what, um, what you kept arriving at. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even the way you said, my inner child, my little me, 
It was said with this really warm Mm -hmm. tone of voice. And I think that in those moments where we've taken on shame or we've taken on some sort of criticism, we didn't feel warmth and and we took on shame and we we could only make it mean what our small minds could make it mean, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think to go back and speak to your young self in a way that is so loving and correcting. It's bringing the truth back into that, right? Otherwise, we're operating yeah. on that mindset because, like you said, we've just brought it forward and right. now we've conflated it with ourselves and it's hard to separate it out or know that we're even doing it. Totally. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you, and only, of course, share what you feel like you want to share, but I'm wondering if there are any specifics that you could identify where there was a, a belief or a criticism or something that sort of carried through with with you. And then as you started to realize and you saw yourself in those photos and realized that there was something that she took on, do you have any examples like that that could be helpful? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big ones was my father was a perfectionist and, and he, he had a very short temper and he would get angry when things didn't go right. And as a child, I, you know, you, you just want to please your parents. You just want to please them. Yeah. They're, they're the biggest people in your lives. And so when he would get angry at it's little things, it was, I never did anything that was really that bad as a kid. So I, was I can't even, imagine. I, I don't remember doing anything <laughs> terrible. No. Um, but, um, but there was little things, you know, yeah. and he would get so angry. And, um, and so I took that on as, as, you know, not being good enough. And I carried not being good enough into, you know, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, (laughs) um, long time. And when I looked back at those pictures of myself and I could visualize that fabulous little girl, I was like, of course you're good enough. You're, You're more than good enough. You know, and I could have that conversation with myself. It sounds so weird. I know it sounds like simple and that it would not work, but it really does work. It really, really what did for me. It really, really worked for me. Being able to really visualize myself and have that conversation and be able to hush that voice that always was in there, you know, from my father. Um, it was, it was, like you said, profound. It was profound. Yeah. No, I agree. Are there times now where you can recognize a change in the ways that you experience things? Yeah, because I'm still hard on myself, but I, <laughs> I, um, but now when I, when I, if I'm, if I make a mistake and I, I find I catch myself before I beat myself up. Like if I start to beat myself up, I'll stop and go, it's okay. You know, you make mistakes. You're not perfect, <laughs> but I can catch it now. And mm. I do, so I, the dialogue doesn't keep going before I would beat myself up and the dialogue would go on and on and on. And I would never, I'd never give myself a break. And it's just silly. You know, obviously we're not perfect. We're human. We make mistakes. And so being able to stop myself now and go, it's okay. You made a mistake. You're fine. <laughs> Move um. on move along, (laughs) try again. (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole different energy. It's a whole different energy. Yeah, it it really is. So the not being good enough piece is not there anymore. You know, obviously we're, Uh, 
you know, we're all good enough. So, right. It's so, it's so true. And that's, I think, where the obvious part is, but it, it isn't obvious to the young part of us because the young part of us, when we were that young, we, we would equate things, right? So equating it to not being good enough or not being lovable or not whatever it is that we've perfect. attached to not it. being perfect, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not loved by anyone or, you right. know. It, or worthy. Mm-hmm. So we make that jump. And then as adults, without that separation, then we're making that jump. Even if we're not showing it on the outside, it's that jumping in the inside that goes straight to, right. oh, I'm terrible. I'm a failure. Right. I'm this, I'm that. And right. that's so icky. So icky. Yeah. It's so debilitating. Yeah. And yeah. What would you say is the change now? Like how, um, if you were to, let's say before this, if you were to sort of go down that spiral, what would the outcome of that be for you in a certain situation? And the reason I'm asking is because in this series, we're having people right now just starting something that they've always wanted to do. And so now that they've taken this first step, if they have those spiraling thoughts or something, do you have any encouragement as to like how the outcome, not that we need to be outcome-based because I'm not trying to tap into perfectionism or anything, but how to shift their experience of it? Yeah. I think how it changed me was that I before when I was trying something new or, you know, taking a step in a different direction, when I made a mistake or made an error or whatever, or, you know, something went wrong, I wanted to quit. (laughs) And some, and most of the time did. I wanted to quit. I'm like, this is too hard. I don't like this. I'm not good at it. I, you know, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, there would go the there would go blah, all blah, the blah, 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 blah <laughs> words in my head. <laughs> yes, yes. No, understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or and not so, even try. Not even try. And now I'm not so fearful. I like will be like, you know, I'm still, still fearful when I do things that are harder I've never done before. But, yeah. but I'm more inclined to say I have that thinking now that you have to fail in order to succeed. So I know that if I do fail along the way, that's okay. I'm just learning. I, I saw I saw a quote the other day. I think it might be, I can't remember who it is. It might be Nelson Mandela. He says, I don't fail. I either win or I learn. And I thought, oh, oh that's really good. That's because beautiful. you win or lose, right? But but if he doesn't lose, he he learns, right? Yes. So I thought that's incredible. I love that. I love that too. Yeah. So I kind of, now I'm of the thinking of it's okay to fail because I'm going to learn from it. So fail fail isn't a four-letter word anymore. Yeah. It's sort of a construct, (laughs) I feel like. Like what is failure? Totally. Totally a construct. Yeah. Yeah. What is failure? Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's not, I mean, the most successful people in the world have failed a lot. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Right. Right. They just put themselves out there more. Mm -hmm. So I I hope to the people that are listening, you know, just keep going and be your own inner cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. Yeah. Cheer you on. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. The world's not going to end. The world's not going to stop turning. You know, the sun's going to come up. (laughs) Yes. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, thank you, Allie. I really appreciate your story. I think it's so meaningful and it has really changed things for you. And so it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's been hugely impactful. I I can't 
I can't, and I haven't done much work in it. It was very limited work, and I just can't believe the profound effect it had on me. So mm, lovely, yeah. Well, um, I know we're not doing anecdotal lightness and things that are funny in this series so much, but maybe we could just do a quick soundbite of your your most clever Zoom outfit because of what I'm wearing currently. <laughs> <laughs> You have to describe what you're wearing because it is, it, it's pretty it's fabulous. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes, I self-disclosed. I self-disclosed. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, okay, so I have on these, well, I have on an outfit that I was wearing today with people that I was with, <laughs> and I was wearing a bomber jacket. Um, that I found at this amazing thrift store because it's freezing right now here in, super cute. Like, on the East Coast. Yeah. But I realized that it made a lot of noise and I didn't it want the microphone to shaking it up. It was very shushy. Shushy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to describe shushy. It was shushy. a shushy bomber jacket. <laughs> and so I, but I, I needed to wear something warmer because it's slightly cold, very cold. And so I, picked up another fabulous find from the thrift store, which is super cute. How would you call this? What would you say this is? I would say that is cheetah print. Faux, faux cheetah jacket. Yeah, yeah, faux cheetah, but it's fuzzy and looks really yeah, cozy. It's, it's super like cute. This amazing pocket. Black Pockets pocket with a cool zipper down yeah. vertically that's not even needed as a zipper, but it's an accoutrement, <laughs> I think. Put your passport or whatever your, your ID in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let me get my passport out. Hang on. Well, let's just write it <laughs> here. <laughs> um, okay. So I have that on. I put that on instead, but mm. you know, we didn't consider this to be the top to go with the fabulous bright pur purple, I can't even say it, bright purple corduroy pants that I have on <laughs> and together. And I have long earrings on. Together, I look quite snazzy. Quite snazzy. <laughs> yes, it doesn't match, but. Like you're ready for the disco back in the <laughs> 70s or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like hot mom. Hot Hi. mom. I'm not even a mom, but like hot mom energy in the 70s. Like, yeah, definitely <laughs> hot mom energy. <laughs> Maybe oh my gosh. In, uh, the Bronx or something. <laughs> I feel like it's, I just, I look fabulous. You do look fabulous. <laughs> You're um, rocking it. <laughs> what's your favorite Zoom outfit? Mm, well, I love a Zoom outfit where I'm wearing my <laughs> pajama pants. That is my favorite Zoom outfit and my slippers. With a blazer? With a blazer or a blouse, <laughs> you know, that it's like, you know, uh, business on the top, party on the bottom or whatever it is. I don't know whether they say what a party. mullet is. It's a mullet outfit yeah. where the top is is very professional and the bottom not so much. So that's my favorite Zoom outfit. But I don't think I've been caught in quite as fabulous an outfit as you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might add that I've been cutting my own hair because I haven't yet found a, a oh, person to cut my hair here, and I am slightly turning into a mullet in the back. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you are not. I am. I am. It's got this really weird indentation that's forming in the back. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, I've got the double mullet going oh, on. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyways. Allie, thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you or they want a swishy 
bomber jacket. <laughs> Swishy bomber jacket. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, you can find me at my website on uh, at allisonmscott.com or you can find me on Instagram at uh, Your Lifestyle. I'm, I'm out there and I'm on Facebook as well. So uh, I'm, I'm a health coach and come, come chat with me. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram also at Lori Sase or my website, laurisase.com. If you want to find out about coaching and Alia and I actually are putting our heads together to try to collaborate on something coming up in the new yes, year. We are. So, so we'll excited. keep you posted on that too. We hope you have a beautiful week. Absolutely. All right. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Let me start this. Take your time. I'm coming. I'm coming around the mountain. <laughs> when she comes around, when she comes. <laughs> Ooh, it's the it's the shoulder roll for me. I know. <laughs> um.